Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
All right, all right. It is that time. It's six o'clock on that good old Tuesday, and it is time for Scoop Radio. Thank you for joining us. We have a really awesome show for you guys tonight. We've got um, some Scoop family. It might be new to you, but he is definitely family. Huge things here in Oklahoma City and abroad. So we are happy to have him tonight. We've got Mother Maybelline back for the new year. Um, we got some good stuff today. Um, but you know, we cannot do this without the crew. Um, oh, wait, no, no, business first. You guys know we are interactive, we like your comments, we like your questions, we want to hear your voice. So, please give us a call if you want to uh, share your thoughts live on the show. Dial us 929. 929- Four seven seven two three zero four. Press the number one to let us know you have a comment you'd like to share live, and listen for the last four digits of the phone number to know that it's time for you to speak. Um, all right. So now to the family. Um, it is a family affair here at the Nation, and we are a team. So I'm gonna go ahead and bring on the crew. Kels, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Excited about tonight's show. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. my life together. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was grounded. <laughs> you think you was grounded? <laughs> get it together. Get it together. Thank y'all for joining. What's up, my live? Thank you for coming in. Go ahead and share, share, share. Uh, when? How are you, bro? I am doing well. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. It's been a day, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it? I'm just glad. I'm just glad you're here. I just want to say that. Yes. I'm glad you made it. And we were look, look, we was gonna have to try to figure out how to put something on her books. Yeah, man. I almost (laughs) made money. (laughs) I'm good though. Yeah. Brown in my cup. I'm good. All right, so we got the intros out of the way, so we're going to slide into the news because I think we've got some good stories to bring tonight and a good show. So let's get with it. What you got, bro? All right, so tonight in the news, got a couple of, yeah, got a couple of very interesting, interesting stories going on. So first up, ah, um, let's start with, uh, yeah, let's start with this. Uh, Black Enterprise reports um, that a Kenyan engineer creates a high-tech glove that turns sign language into speech. So it says it sounds futuristic. Um, Mm -hmm. A pair of gloves that translate sign language into speech. Uh, But such an invention is indeed a reality. Um, A young engineer from Kenya named Roy Alela created Sign.io gloves that allow the deaf to communicate with those who do not know sign language. Sign.io features five flex sensors mounted on each finger to quantify how much a finger is bent, according to the specs on Alela's blog. The gloves connect via Bluetooth to an Android phone. An Android app (laughs) uses the Android text-to-speech capability to vocalize the various gestures. The gloves are currently a prototype not yet available to the general market. However, the invention has already won awards. Sign.io was the grand winner of the Hardware Trailblazer Award at the American Society of Mechanical Engineers Global Finals in New York. 
It also placed second runner-up at the Royal Academy of Engineers, Leaders, and Innovation Fellowship in London. Um, Alela was inspired to create the gloves by his deaf niece. He says, my niece wears the gloves, pairs them with her phone or mine, then starts signing. I'm able to understand what she's saying, he said in an interview with The Guardian. In addition to founding Stein.io, Alela works as a tech evangelist and program uh, manager at Intel. 25-year-old engineer graduated from the University of Nairobi with a degree in microprocessor technology and instrumentation. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's really, really cool innovation um, and so to highlight him and salute him. So, uh, Key, what's your thoughts? I think this is really, really dope. I think about this for schools. I think about this for families. I think about this for children, um, not only deaf children, but autistic children um, who just have speech issues in general um, and use sign language uh, I think this would be really, really awesome. If we can work a way to get them, we know how vain we are. If we can work on getting them and, you know, somewhat cool uh, to, to get in, you know, bulky and not, you know, less bulky and easy to move around, I think this technology would be amazing. Um, as far as the, did you see the numbers that they mentioned as far as this type of technology? What is it, assisted technology? Assisted yeah. Uh, assistive technology, yeah. Like, there's money in this market. Um, 18.7 so, billion in 2017. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. I'm, I'm really here for it. Yep. Yeah, Kels, what you think? Uh, I was very impressed with it. Um, with me having a couple of uh, hard of hearing friends, they don't sign, but I think it'd be good because because of the app and it you know, turns into words, they could probably read it too. Mm-hmm. I think it would still be good for them. So um, there's, I didn't even know there were, you know, there were devices that you can use at the movie theaters and things like that. So I'm all for yeah. new adventures to have our experience. So, yeah, it would affect me directly in some cases. And I even have, I have two students that are, uh, that use signers, they use interpreters. So hmm. definitely will work in schools. That would be really work. Yeah. So I'm impressed. I'm excited to see when it be when you know when it hits the public. And kudos yeah. to the young men who thought of it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. The same South Africa is doing some things. You know, they're they're doing some big things in tech in Africa right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 going down. Look at twenty five. I wasn't thinking about nothing like this. I think that's it's super. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, so I think it's real dope. Cool. All right. Um, whew, this is let's turn a little more sad. First of all, happy J fifteenth to all to my uh to the lovely ladies of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Um, mm-hmm. uh, y'all's tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, to the and tomorrow to the ladies of Zeta Phi Beta. Listen, I have to throw that. Okay, I'm yes. equal opportunity. I'm equal opportunity, but anyway. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't want nobody in my inbox uh, with no doves and stuff. So we good. Um, so in the news, mom, a mother is suing AK sorority over daughter's suicide following hazing. Uh, a grieving mother believes that hazing led to her death. 
George Hankins hung herself in her dorm room at Northwestern University in January of 2017, according to NBC Chicago. The biological science major was a basketball player and member of the National Honor Society. Felicia Hankins, Jordan's mother, believes her daughter's promising life was cut short by the overzealous hazing of Alpha Kappa Alpha sisters. Felicia filed a lawsuit against the historically black sorority on Tuesday. Jordan attended a rush event in October of 2016 and was subsequently invited to join the sorority. After she completed her intake process, she performed at a probate about a month later. A probate, also known as a neophyte presentation, is used to introduce new members of Black Greek letter organizations to college campuses. The lawsuit alleges the abuse started following the event. A 20-year-old was informed she had she had to agree to a post-initiation pledge process to maintain her membership. Court documents say Jordan was subjected to physical abuse, including paddling, verbal abuse, mental abuse, and mental exploitation, sleep deprivation, items being thrown and dumped on her, and other forms of hazing intended to humiliate and demean her. Jordan suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and depression. She told her sorority sisters that hazing was causing her mental health to decline, but nothing changed according to her attorney. Kels, let's start with you. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, my God. Huh? Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna start with the sorority, with the sorority sisters. Tell me, Just speaking on behalf of sororities, um, especially independent of the council, uh, black groups everywhere. As a whole, we do not condone hazing. Um, over the years, it has, you know, very serious. We run campaigns trying to get the undergrads to not haze. It's not worth it. Uh, we know there's a tradition of trying to do it afterwards, and I believe by reading the story, that's what happened here, because people still want to do the traditions. They want to do it underground. They want to uh, feel that bond, but there's other things that you can do. Um, I'm disappointed. It's very sad. It's so weird because we were, we, one of my stories is actually talking about today, this talk, we were talking about hazing and, you know, what it used to be and the stories we've heard and things we um, witnessed. And when I talked, this was before I even saw that we were going um, to talk about this story. And I, I just wish that people will stop doing it. I mean, there's been movies. There's there's just mm-hmm. been so much yeah. um, tragedy surrounding it. And it's just not worth it. And I'm I'm just really disappointed that this is still going on. In 2000, this was what 2017. Yeah, this last year. Yeah, this last year. So it it was really sad. Um, again, uh, being a member of a Greek organization, we do not condone this, and we are definitely trying to have campaigns to stump it out. And this is exactly why. Serious repercussions. Yep. Key, what you think? Yeah. Um, I'm not um, involved in any type of sorority or anything like that, but I love many, many, many women and brothers uh, and men who are fraternity sisters and, I mean, fraternity brothers and sorority sisters. So I know how this affects you guys. Um, and I'm, this saddened me as a mom and as a woman, because I know, I've come to know 
a lot of what sororities and fraternities are supposed to represent. So to know that there are still chapters out here who insist on behaving this way, I know what it does to the oppression of the chapters. The chapters do good things for their communities. And I just really hate that this family had to go through this, um, that the sororities are having to go through this. But this is just, this is just ne- these types of situations never work out for anybody. You know what I mean? Like nobody wins from this. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's sad. It's really, really sad. And I'm, you know, prayers to this mom. I can only imagine, you know, what she's feeling because you send your child off, and especially if, you know, you have, either way, if you have lineage in this, if you've got a fam- familial history, you know, if you're a legacy or not, or if your baby was the first, you know, there's a certain, um, pride that comes when your child is accepted and becomes a part of these organizations. And to know that that's the understanding she had and that this is what was happening to our child, like, I can't imagine that letdown that she must feel in addition to the loss of her child. Like, that's, that's sad. That's really sad. And this chapter is going to be reinstated next year. Kels, how does that really work when a chapter it gets banned and then um, gets to come? I don't know if we have time to cover that, but I had a question. You know, I wanted to know about that, not being connected to that. I wondered how that is received when a when a chapter is welcomed back or allowed back to a to a campus. It really, I, I'm surprised when they said the next fall. Um, yeah, that was quick. I, I, I thought that was quick. It really were reinstated. Um, yeah. I actually I went through a hazing case, and coming from. Um, my, you know, I was a legacy, um, but my parents were like, did, you, did y'all kill somebody? What is going on? Like, I got in trouble. Yeah. Me, me and my friends got in trouble. And it took a lot to get back, to get the chapter mm-hmm. back. And usually they remove those members. But I just don't, I can't believe that it would be just the next semester. And with them having a case now, I'm sure yeah. it's the headquarters. Yeah, the headquarters of. Okay, even if the campus will let them come back, I just I'd don't believe they that. would let that chapter come back. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to do further research. I I would, would, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kiss. I was going to say, the only reason no, I could see, the only way I could see them letting them come back that quick is if all of the members were gone. Mm. Yeah. So start fresh completely. Okay. Or if all of the members who were a part of yeah. Oh, okay. That's the same with her. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Not yeah. the whole chapter is those involved. Okay. Correct. Right. But yeah, and really, and they, and that still takes some time, like at least a year, because um, mm-hmm. they would. I mean, they really take it serious, so they would have to for the chapter come back. There's usually like it's usually like a five year tenant, uh, but if you have some chapter be cleared, then I can see them coming back maybe after a year, but. Yeah, I two doubt years. they did. They probably reversed that. I doubt if they made them. Yeah, two years is quick. Yeah, that is quick. Yeah. And pending case. Two years and closed is one thing. Two years and still open case, pen, you know, pending case. That's something that was like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, our file for the non hazing fraternity. I just put it out there. But anyway. Uh, so I, I agree. I mean, this is sad for the family. I mean, that it's it's sad, and and there is, and there's nothing you can you can't get you know, you can't get it like, you don't get it back. 
Yeah. So I think we just gotta we we gotta do something different. Because it's not obviously it's not working when people are committing suicide. So exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, last story: suspect in killing, and we haven't really talked about this. Um, the Jasmine Barnes uh, story, but there has been a suspect. Um, one of the suspects in killing of seven-year-old Jasmine Barnes confesses to the police. Um, authorities in Houston arrested a, a suspect believed to be the killer of seven-year-old Houston girl Jasmine Barnes. The suspect, identified as 20-year-old Eric Black Jr., was captured by Harris County Sheriff deputies on Saturday following a week-long search. NBC News reports the suspect was charged with capital murder for the shooting. Officers apprehended and filed the charge based on a citizen's tip given to Sean King and passed on to the police. The Harris Sheriff's Department further investigated the tip, finding the information to be enough to arrest Black. On December 30th, LaPortia Washington and her family were on a coffee run at 7 a.m. when a red pickup pulled uh, pulled aside their car opening fire. Black then admitted to taking part of the shooting and that investigators are continuing to to pursue evidence that could possibly lead to another suspect's being charged in the case. Initial reports described the gunman as a white man in his 40s. Washington believed the unprovoked shooting was a hate crime. Thomas attorney Lee Merritt, as well as John King, believe witnesses described a bystander who sped past the scene of the shooting. Harris County Police Washington and her family were not the intended target of the shooting and feel it was a case of mistaken identity. But those reports. Ah. Okay, I'm a, I'm gonna start this. Can I? Can, my my thoughts on this one is this: yeah. we mm-hmm. have spent last plenty of years, but really the last probably five years, really cracking down and argue not arguing and uh, dealing with the cries of police brutality, mm-hmm. things that other people are doing to our community. I think this is time for us to deal with what we're doing internally. Mm-hmm. We got to address that the the fact that we are killing each other. Again, I'm not saying more or less than anybody else. I don't care about what I'm not gonna I don't care about what people are doing. That's not what I'm what I'm saying. But we got to take care of our home and our mm-hmm. people. In our community, and it's stuff like this that's got to stop. Yeah, doesn't help it. Yep, this got to stop. We got. I'm glad people came forward and turned these people in. We got to do more of that. But as a mm-hmm. community, we got to start doing what we need to do to get rid of people like this in our out of our community. And it shouldn't take a hundred thousand dollars to reward to do it. This ain't gonna work, y'all. This ain't gonna work. Nope. Killing uh, killing each other is not is not the solution to our uprising or it is not gonna help us get to where we wanna get to as a people. We gotta stop this. Mm-hmm. It's gone far enough. So true. This was, um for me, this seems like like crash dummy personified. Like just, just 
on top of just they already set out on a stupid mission. The whole point of them being out doing what they're doing was already done. Now you've been even more stupid, and now you've killed and changed. You've killed the baby and changed the whole world of a whole family on some dumb shit. Like seriously, on just some dumb, random, reckless, dumb stuff. And it took far too long. And understanding that there was the video of the red truck and all the running and all of that, but it still took too long. Somebody knew, you know. And it took it. It just we got. I agree with. And Jasmine is another person who speaks on this often, and she gets a lot of flag back when she starts talking. Um, when she makes posts like this, um, where we where she's saying we have to get rid of these types of people from our communities. These types of people can no longer be welcome in our community. And I completely agree. You know, there's a level of application that you can do. There's a level of rehabilitation that you can expect. And there's a level of pouring in that you can do to people to try and get a different outcome. But we are all to the point where we know that some folks just do dumb shit, and that is just what they're going to do. And, at this, and when we recognize that, it's time to move around. It's time to, it's time to then say, okay, you're no longer, you've got to move around. You've got to find somewhere else to be because we are doing something different here. And, uh now is a really, really good time. It's been time, but like now it's really, really good. That baby was seven years old. Seven yep. years old. Yep. That's crazy. Her sister at the time, I think when it was going around, her sister hadn't even cried yet. That baby was shell shocked because she literally watched her baby. Her like, damn it, man! Like that's too many of this. Yeah, too much. It's time. Seven years old. Seven years old. Crazy. Yep. 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 Um, I mean, I agree with you guys that, you know, what I what really disturbed me, because when I first heard the story, you know, I at the very beginning when they were thinking it was a hate crime, and mm-hmm. for it to take this long for somebody to come forward, it, again, it shouldn't even been like that, but. I feel like they were going to they were going to let that story rise if and they could have ruined a whole other family's lives by letting them think that it was just you know this white man that was just trying to flee the scene and you know trying to get away from the bullets and yeah. to find any of yeah you know uh, a mistake mistaken identity um so that it you know still lets you know the division in our community that. You see a car full of your own people. If you were looking for, you know, someone in that car or someone else of color, I mean, it's just the whole situation is so ridiculous. I'm glad they've got one person. They said they had another person. They just don't have that identity yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't released to the public. So I hope they get all parties involved, and we have to let go of that, you know, whole snitching thing because somebody knew. I mean, they just have reward out. Somebody nope. knew something and finally came forward. Don't wait. Get these mm-hmm. people out of here. Cause it could be, you, know, you know, it could be any any innocent bystander next. It could be someone in your family. So, it. yeah, it's really ridiculous. It's a sad story. And, I mean, I just hope it's, it's a lesson to other people in that community. And then that's our Yep. All right. Well, that's news. Yeah. That is, that's news. <laughs> All right. Um, first up tonight, we got Glazed by M. Sells featuring N.O. Rowe. 
Uh, after this, we're going to get into our hot topic, which will definitely be hot. Um, so <laughs> don't go anywhere after this. We're going to get into the Scoop Nation hot topic with Kel after this song, Glazed by M Cells featuring N.O. Roll. You're listening to Scoop Radio Show. Did you, did you did you did you groove, Kel? I 
did grow, I got my grow on little. Just little for the people. <laughs> that was saying by yourself. I like it. I like that. That's how that one had to say. Oh, that's a nice little, yeah, to get us right on into our hot topics. Yeah, I know I like to keep it hot. So, this tonight we're talking about a question that was posed in the group. And um, one of the members, what are the new rules of when to flirt? How does a person know when it's okay to playfully flirt with you? And basically, the the way that I perceived or wanted to talk about it is, you know, are is the question rules because of the new movement? Is it putting? Is it cycling, flirting? Where are the boundaries? Um, so, yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about. Let's start with Q. Have you first off? Have you had? I don't know, any awkward conversations in the workplace um, since you are a hot young lady? And if so, how, how did you handle that? Uh, if you haven't had to, you know, handle a situation like that, what are your thoughts on flirting um, when it comes to the workplace uh, or really just friendly flirting in general? Do you think that uh, this movement has cycled, you know, Okay. Um, thank you for switching it to the workplace situation because I was thinking, girl, you know how long it's been since it's been some welcome friendly flirting in my direction. <laughs> so thank you for that twist, flat twist for the one time. Appreciate that. Um, so let's say um, when I used to work in contact centers, like um, I worked at quite a few. I worked at Sprint and Williamson, Oldmadale, things like that. When I worked in those types of environments, it felt like high school for adults. So, you know, working nine to ten, sometimes 12-hour shifts with folks, you know, taking phone calls and stuff like that, there was often times where there was all kinds of flirting happening just because you were bored and had nothing else to do, and you're looking at each other all day. Um, that's when it was more prevalent in the workplace that I've experienced. Um, it could be silly, you know, that's how that work white stuff happens, work husbands, those types of things happen. Um, but it doesn't have to grow from there. And people are single and it's something that happens, you know, so I just want to cover that. But um, in those types of environments where it's more social, yes. Where I am now, no. Um, you, It's not worth losing your career on a misplaced joke. Um, and that's what happens. Like, I think the level that people are playing on is different where I am now. So those types of things don't you don't play around where in the type of corporate environment that I'm working in now. Like you keep things professional and I know I do. And I've had to be even more mindful of, you know, my sugar or things like that because in the contact center with the way that I work, I can do that because I'm having more face-to-face conversations with the same types of people within teams where I am now, you know, you're dealing with different types of business and things like that. And you really don't know how those things are going to always fall. Um, Because those relationships are different. So you have to really be mindful of the things that you say and who you're talking to. Uh, Does it happen? I'm sure it does. But but I don't play them types of games. I I got a whole house here. Like, mm -mm. (laughs) 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 mm-mm. And about, you know, doing what we got to do, but you don't play them games. We real business around here, you know. Yeah. I don't know 
different dresses, but twice a year most times. Like, I keep it. You talking about I'm being cute? That ain't got nothing to do with cute at work. Like, I'm in my black and button-up outfit. Like, I wear the same stuff. Ain't no fashion show. Like, I'll give my little face cute, but mm-mm. It's keep it real, real basic around here. Like, that, I'm not there to be I'm there to work. So, <laughs> that's how I rock. Yeah. And I'm just going to jump in because I had some live topics at the beginning of the show during the news. Let's see. I'm trying to find those comments. Um, some of the reactions to my question, because the way I posed the question was, are the new rules of because of the um, the Me Too movement? And uh, uh, the comment said, yes, that, you know, he did think that there are new rules now because of the movement. And he said that it's a sad set of affairs and that, this is Earl, by the way, and that a man can't be a man anymore. So you know I was ready to read the comments. Um, yeah. Just kind of touching on what you were talking about, the last time I worked at, it was a lot of single people. Uh, we were all kind of around the same age. So, yeah, there was a lot of flirting. There was people that dated. Uh, but I remember when the new sexual harassment training came out. Uh, and who? To me, the things that are going on now, that training helped to do that. Like, they were very explicit uh, at IPT about, you know, what you could say. They didn't like any jokes, you know, going around. Like, we had some email jokes that were kind of, you know, like they they put those pictures up that might be somebody's elbow or something, but the way it's in the picture or crop, it might look like a butt. You know, something like that. It was the jokes and stuff going around like that, and like headquarters are not playing. You know, people mm-hmm. were getting called about even that. So, you know, mm-hmm. we learned really quickly um, to respect each other, and that was men and women. Yeah. Um, even mentions that it, it is, it all falls down to respecting those boundaries. Like, you should know your company, but to me, mm-hmm. it's safer to. Error towards right is to be lenient. Um, Halima says she doesn't flirt with people at work. Where I am now at a Christian school, um, most people are already married. So it's just a couple of us that aren't. And we're both women, so it's not even any uh, employee-based harassment. But there's been some cases of our people getting extra leave or, you know, because of students and coach or student and teacher relations. So on a college campus. Because they're still adults. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to. It really needed to be some changes. And you think at a Christian campus that it would be, it wouldn't be that same type of thing. Um, no. <laughs> I had a, mm-hmm. college, a couple of colleagues that, you know, lost their position mm-hmm. because of fraternization. So, yeah, it's it's off limits, and you know you have to change. I mean, there's no such thing as a friendly flirt. But you can think of a, a slap on the butt is a friendly flirt, and yeah, that is not acceptable at all. Yeah. What about Don't slap my butt, bro. so in my like in my I mean obviously in my line of work, um, you really shouldn't be flirting. <laughs> I mean, as a pastor, you really shouldn't be flirting. <laughs> However, no, let's be, 
let's be real, it happens. And and apparently it's been happening a lot lately. Um, but mm-hmm. it's being so yes, I think I think the whole dynamic has changed for the better, um, in my from my perspective in, in my world. Um, because we done got a little loose with it. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing way too much um, ministerial um, harassment. We're seeing way, you know, way too many ministers and pastors are, you know, let's call it what it is with the side chicks and with the, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it has changed um, and for the better because you can't. You know, you you. I don't. I'm not saying that men. Be, I don't. I understand what what uh, I think you said, Earl. What Earl meant by men can't be men, but some of the stuff that we're calling manhood is not manhood. It, no. It's harassment. It's abuse, and so those things have changed, or should or are changing. Have changed, but are changing because we have um, mediums like um, social media that make it to where you know and the Me Too movement where it makes it encourage with it's encouraging people to say, look, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. And they're now what these movements are doing is they're giving consequences, whereas before there were no consequences. And I think that's what and see I you know, because it always um I had to get away from being so and the shock I had to remove the shock from those type the responses from men who were saying we can't be men or it's not that big a deal. I had to really kind of put myself in that position because initially I was thinking, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like if I'm telling you or if a group of women are telling you this feeling does not make me does not feel how you think it feels. And I've only allowed this for so long because saying something brought more <laughs> more attention, more humiliation, more frustration, more drama than it was worth. Now that I'm saying something, and now that more women are saying something, I need you to hear that. So to get the pushback when so many women were saying, like, it wasn't a fad, it's not really a trend. You got your mamas, your sisters, your aunties, your nieces, your co-workers, your besties, you know, your wives telling you stories of things that have happened in the past that made them feel smaller. And then to have men defend that, mm-hmm. I, it made me talk. You know, I'm just going to be really, really honest. And it made me really start to question some of the men that I respected. But I had to really think of where they're coming from. If their daddies, their uncles, their brothers, their pastors, their models have told them this is what men do. This is, we've always done it this way. I got your mama this way. You see how I love your mama. You see your mama loves my dirty drawers. I got her this way. This is what works. So when you tell men now all of a sudden because a group of women want to use a hashtag that this no longer works, they're like, no, that ain't over in a little bit. But if you really sit and have some conversations with your mama, where she removes the mama mode and becomes a woman, and you hear her, I wonder if I wonder if sons, if husbands, if daughters, if brothers, I mean, if, you know, if brother, if they're having those conversations, really hearing, you know, really asking those questions. Okay, I kind of got left on the post, and I really want to ask you, sis, have you ever experienced this? How did that really make you feel? Like, am I tripping? 
Like, do you? I, that's, I guess, my counter action, my counter question to that, and my frustration in hearing that so many times. Have you, have men, do you all take the time to ask the women that you trust, those opinions that you value and trust, not just the random chicks on Facebook hashtagging? Like, do you take the time to ask the women that you know, how accurate is this? You know what I mean? Because I think I've really changed some of that. It, it, it hurts to see some of these posts, to see some of these comments. Like, it hurts. Like, and there's no other way to say that. That's not being Facebook sensitive. That's being a real, that's being a woman. That's hearing people that you respect and love. I don't know. I'm a hush because I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. But I really wonder. I wonder that. I really do. And I want to understand that. Yeah. And before we, before we get into that, I want to actually get into a, con- a couple of points that were made on the actual post. Um, one uh, lady says, if your mom was right there, would you say it? So she said, use a gauge of would you say something like that in front of your mom? So, again, that kind of comes back to, you know, uh, how you were raised and what you were taught as a young person. I think being raised in a Christian upbringing, um, you know, and with ministers and parents, you know, my dad being them both being on that level in front of the the um, the church and in the public and being involved in so many different organizations that respecting people's faith was a big, you know, thing. It was taught at an early age yep. um, that didn't. There were just certain things you carried yourself, and I and I say this all the time. A lot of the ways that we handle ourselves uh, in a stricter, maybe less popular fashion came from the church upbringing. Um, yeah. So. You know, it was no, you know, you didn't even, uh, men and women that weren't married were very intentional on how they interacted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, Kels, can I interject? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think, I think what that taught us was how to do that publicly. I think, mm-hmm. pri- I think privately, we still had some of the same issues. And mm-hmm. I think that's the part that that now is being exposed publicly. Mm-hmm. We knew, we knew if you married, you know, we knew we how to get a church hug. We knew, you know, who to mm-hmm. stay away from. But when, mm-hmm. but when I was about to say Deacon Johnson, but I don't want to use that Johnson's last name. But when such and such pull somebody into the back room, or when you was in the in the mm-hmm. in the bishop's study, or then those types of things happen and what we what we were taught was we were never taught how to purse how to publicly deal with it in a way that um that not only protects the that protects the woman and lets her know that you know this is not her fault we're not going to hide this but also does the necessary work to uh at least give the man or the pastor whomever the person an opportunity to be restored back restored uh, mm-hmm. But instead, we kind of just circled the issue through it uh, to try to quote unquote protect the church or protect the institution or protect, which in turn looks like protecting the predator. Yeah, and that's the part right. that we don't yeah. right. And I'm just in, in that that brings up another point because um, another comment that was mentioned was if if the Me Too uh, movement was him too. My, you know, blank would be in court facing multiple charges. There's one lady. So uh, she 
even says that, you know, the Me Too movement is still biased um, because there's men who are harassed or make them uncomfortable mm-hmm. by certain jokes. And, and they definitely won't say anything because, you know, it, it'll definitely be, uh, it wouldn't be masculine to say yeah. something. But what I think when it comes back to respecting the boundaries, what I think should happen is if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, the first thing is that everybody needs to be open. And that's why I love our platform of, of communicating, learning how to communicate. Nip it in the bud right there. Don't, don't let somebody, if somebody rubs against you because they think, or let, let me back up. So say an example is, uh, you know, people are, maybe you smile at a, at a guy or vice versa, and that person comes up to you and, you know, maybe they got the uh, vibe that you like them mistakenly. Because I say this all the time, a lot of times to me people feel like, one person can flirt with you because you like them, but if somebody you don't like flirts with you, then it's a rat. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. me, instead of don't blow up something that you know you can stop. So if a person says something to you and you think you're uncomfortable, say something right then. Yep. You know, like, hey, I don't play like that. I don't like those jokes. At least give that person a chance to correct themselves. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that you have one hand, people not saying anything, and then it keeps happening, and then it blows into something else. But then you have other people that take, you know, somebody brushing up against them on accident and blows that into a harassment charge. So right. it's still yep. boils down to, yes, respect, but still being able to communicate. Give that person a chance to correct it first. Then if they don't correct it, then you, you know, take yep. it to a higher power or be more stuck. So I think yep. we have to keep that in mind too. That's why, you know, some men are so nonchalant or, you know, they're so quick to think someone is going to medical proportion or being lied to because they know they've been in a situation like, you know, that things have blown out of proportion at the wrong time. And that's that's real. That that does happen. That's where that's the part yep. where I where I understand exactly what Earl means. Like I get that because there are some things that are not predatory or harassment. That it's like, wait a minute, I just spoke to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I spoke yeah. to you. That's, that's right. it. Uh, all I said yeah. was good morning, and now like it's like, wow, we can't say you know. So I get, you know, that there are some things that for certain, like if you do it to a person who doesn't like you versus who does, I, I get that, and it does, you know, it makes certain things confusing to understand. Like why, why, how did it get? How did it get there? I just, you know, I was just trying to see if you wanted to go out on a date. Like, it wasn't, I didn't, you know, you, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. So I felt that before, and I understand that. Right. From and, a company um, perspective, so, oh, sorry, you have a lot Yeah. You have a lot of comments. Um, that, uh, well, to just say, also have to look at if someone else sees to report it as harassment as well. So it may not always actually be the people involved. So, you know, True. if you, you know, yeah. even if you like someone and you guys do something inappropriate in front of someone else, that can be just as bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's see, Halima even says that she's had both men and women file harassment charges against a certain person at her job. Mm. So, yeah. 
You know, I I think some of that comes from you know jokes. Like I said, jokes play a big part in it. Um, doing something vulgar, you know, uh, yeah. in front of someone else. So you have to have some accountability and have to govern yourself. And what even may be good, may be fun at one time. It may not be the same, you know. Mm-hmm. The next time, you just have to watch. You have to treat others like you want to be treated, but. You know, just err on the side of caution. Always. <laughs> More than anything. Yeah. You, I, you know what? I always, it, it, baffles, it blows my mind in workplace situations how people expect mm-hmm. um, off work, I guess, private time rules. When you're in a workplace, I'm here to work. I should not have to deal with how you decide I should want to be flirted with. And how acceptable you feel that should be at the workplace. If I'm out at Walmart, if I'm at the mall, if I'm roaming around, there's still boundaries. But you're open to a different expectation. You have a different expectation of what is being brought to you. In a workplace, I'm not here to date. Those types of things happen or should be happenstance, organic. I like you. We're over the coffee conversation. It lingers a little longer. I've been back a few minutes late from break because I like hanging with you type things. But I don't think women or men, anyone, should feel like they should be forced to have to deal with a type of situation just because that's how we are, especially within a workplace. And, you know, and I think that's what's kind of been fuzzy. There's been whole arguments had about how someone should be approached about something at work. <laughs> if it's not about the work that we are doing, I need you to back up. I need you to understand that there's a certain way that you go about doing things. And I think that, you know, we kind of get we kind of get sidetracked and mixed up, you know, the, 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 the ways of community, you know, the ways of working when it comes to work versus play type of interaction. Um, yeah. and, work, and companies are starting to do a better job at drawing those lines, too, and helping make that determination because companies have been embarrassed and lost a lot of money over those false cases that you brought up. You know, I know my company has. There's like a whole scenario where it says, should you go off the deep end or should you approach it with the person, like what you said. You know, and it, it gets deep because it costs them money either direction. Either way, they lose. So they want to make sure everyone's on the up and up. And I think at being at work because you have rules and procedures you have to follow because it's work anyway, to me it will be a little easier to, you know, to to refrain from anything, you know, uh, that could be interpreted as harassment at work. But again, this, this is more than work, you know. There's people who, it happens, the, the reported cases happens at work, um, but it's more than work. Uh, let's see. Kate has another comment. She says, I remember working at a place and a man would give compliments saying that the lady looked nice that day and they would be pissed. Like, she's always saying something. I'm like, you just smiled when someone else said it. If he could, he could just be saying nice, saying something nice to you today. Calm down. So, yeah, that, I think touched on, on you saying how sometimes people, you know, blow out of proportion. And I, I know all the time. If it's a certain, if a certain person you like says something probably on the verge of being vulgar, it's okay. But let mm-hmm. uh, let the old, you know, janitor that you think is a perv say something, and it's oh my gosh, he's harassing me, you know. But <laughs> he just said, yeah. Nice. Um, I wanted to bring up this example because I even posted about it. Some of you might have seen the post. 
uh, where I had on my Kirby, uh, Kirby Kitten shirt, shameless plug, um, and it says, Kirby Kitten on the front. Now, this man didn't know me from Adam. It was a security card at an establishment, a business. Didn't know me from Adam and says, uh, I'm walking up to him, and when he read it, he says, you know, can you meow? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I cannot be So, you know, I'm laughing over there. And he wasn't, you know, he was, I didn't consider him being a pervert at first or anything like that. So I, I mm-hmm. go take care of my business. When I was leaving, he started meow. He's meow, he's, you know, he's, it's loud. People are looking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. But I just laughed it out. I really didn't think much of it, but when I posted that, you know, a couple of people were like, you know, I would have been pissed or don't, you know, do me like that and things like that. So that just goes to show you something. He thought he probably was really joking with me or trying mm-hmm. to make him out or something like that. Yep. And, you know, that really was, it was inappropriate. And first of all, you're a security guard. You're supposed to be protecting the people and you at work and you, you know, like that's harassing yeah. and embarrassing. So, you know, it, it really is. It's a serious issue, and some men, you know, they find it hard to believe because some things do seem like that whole interaction even seemed harmless to me at the time. But when I thought back on it, I was like, yeah, I guess that definitely would have been a form of harassment for you to be meowing the whole time while I'm walking out of the establishment. Right. And people are listening, you know, so... You know, I could have communicated to him, like, don't do that. But I'm thinking, you know, I'm leaving. But there could be plenty of situations that he may do that to someone else mm-hmm. and don't lose his job. Okay. So we You're have right. to be mindful of that. I think it's a good topic. Um, you know, I, I like when tough conversations come up because it does make you think about things, how to govern yourselves. And also, um, I like the fact that you know, it's brought up that men, you know, have this problem, and we don't really focus on, on them and how, because I know for a fact <laughs> the women that get very inappropriate, especially, you know, in social And I've even been like, yeah, hey. they turn it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. You do it too much, you making me, if you're making me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> pushing, grabbing on men just because you think, you think they like it, like, no. mm-hmm. yeah, so. that's true, and it does it make was, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're almost out of time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I didn't say. That's why I didn't say anything. I'm like, let me stop because if I keep going, I know we got a time. <laughs> but of course, before we leave, I want you to know that this segment is brought to you by Kirby Kid Clothing. Um, Curvy Kitten is more than clothing. It's a movement where we want women to celebrate themselves and their curves and to figure out how we have so much in common and to celebrate each other. So get you some Curvy Kitten at www.curvykittens.com. You can use a new code called KK Love, and that will get you a 15, 15% off from now through Valentine's Day. Tay said to that we need a part two to this, so hey. All right. We may do that. We do need to continue this conversation. So 
I appreciate yeah. that. But now it's time for some more music. Before we get into our good old guest, the next song is called All Belongs to You, and this is by Alicia Mm Mutt.
I loved how clear her voice was. They about to take us to church on that train. I want to go and keep that part going. <laughs> All right. So it is time for a conversation that I have been looking forward to um, for multiple reasons, one of which is because Apollo Woods is longtime Sweet Nation fan. Um, Wynn has known him since forever. I'm sure Kels has been around for a while as well. But this brother um, was new to me and showed up here as far as my little circle was concerned about a year or so ago. And every time I have heard Apollo's name, it has always been connected to something positive, something for the people, for something fun, and you wanted to be in that thing. So to have him on this show, especially after he's made the move that he has made uh, to start out this case here, <laughs> yes, it is time for Apollo Woods at the school. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce to Sweet Nation, Apollo Woods, the creator and awesome person behind OKC Black Eat, and among and, and a whole bunch of other stuff that he's been putting our timelines with these last couple of days. And I'm sure he's going to tell us about it, but we are going to talk about building a bigger business this evening with Brother Apollo Woods. How are you, Sugar? Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'll do well. I'm not sure how I feel about that introduction. I think y'all giving me way too much credit. You've been preaching. You've been preaching this last week. I, I said, well, go ahead and open the doors of the church then. Why don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you ain't great. If you're, not great at, if you're not great at this point, I don't know what to say to to anybody. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, got, I got a little bit. You know, I got a little bit. I'm working on it. I got a long way to go, but you know, I'm 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 excited about this, especially this next phase, and especially all that I see that's happening in Oklahoma City. So I'm I'm super excited. Yes. Well, for the, for those who don't know what you do, why don't you go ahead and tell us tell everybody, I mean, our our audience, what what it is that you actually are doing, uh, and who you a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh, where do I start? Uh, I am actually born and raised in Oklahoma, Duncan. To be matter of fact, um, in south uh, southeast Oklahoma, um, moved to Houston um, after high school, short stint at University of Tulsa, undergrad, grad school in Houston, did a lot of stuff there, and then I ended up back in Houston from, um, I ended up back in Oklahoma just from working in oil and gas, so um, that, that led me to my, it's been four and a half years, but going on three years here in Oklahoma City. And just some of the things that we're doing, I think, I think all of it starts just from when I came back, um, I, I just noticed there was just a void of a network. I was so used to having a network in living in Houston, but I was coming across so many talented people in Oklahoma City, but I could not figure out why people were not connecting with me. It just, to me, it just did not, it did not make any sense. Um so just being the person that I am and being involved with different networking things, I would just like, hey, I'm going to start just one at a time and finding people, connecting people, connecting with people. Um, and then it's just grown. So it birthed OKC Black Heat. Um, it birthed the Black Leadership Network OKC. And, um, you know, although I'm, I'm the person pushing it, the only reason why it's successful is because of people behind it. I think Oklahoma City has definitely just attacked itself to it, and it's made it what it is. So, yes, I'm the person pushing it, but everybody else is going behind it. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Danny's humble, y'all. Danny's humble. (laughs) 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 All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that background. So um, I know that I have alluded to the wonderful people that you have made some big changes here recently. Um, And I think that's a good way into our conversation. Um, Tonight we are talking about building a bigger business. And um, I know a lot of us listening, and I know the three of us uh, are all business owners and have struggled with the level up process with the how do you grow your business within reason? How do you grow it within season? How much money do you have? All that good stuff. So um, with the moves that you made over these last few years, the creation of OKC Black Leadership, the Black Leadership Network, um, what steps can you share with us as far as how you grew those businesses? What steps have you taken? Uh, well, you know, I, I just have to be frank. I think the only reason why this is what it is was this is part of this is part of my ministry. Just to be honest, I um the last thirteen years, I thought I was going to be, you know, doing happy hours and first Fridays like I did before. <laughs> but the reality of the matter is, is, all those things connecting people in happy hour led me to this 13 years and six months later. I was I was going to be doing something completely different. And the reason why I believe that it has grown as fast as it has, especially with, you know, OKC Black Youth, we're only a year and a half. We're a year and a half into it. And we've generated over, you know, over $130,000 in sales revenue for black-owned businesses in that time. Um, the Black Leadership Network grew from – 151 people when I took it over to now we're over 900 and they all, all these are all black professionals in Oklahoma City and I mean the only reason why I believe it's grown the way it has is because I found something that I know people needed. Yeah. I didn't want really? to create the recreate the wheel. I wasn't trying to be um, something that somebody else was. I was willing to take a journey and make a take a risk on on my own because I believed in it. Um, it's something I prayed for. It's something I asked God for. It, I stayed in that space, irregardless if five people showed up or ten people showed up. I looked at it as if I had invited some friends or people I knew over for brunch and five people showed up, guess what? There was five people. Hey, I got those five people. Um, yeah. And then in the meet, but in the midst of all of that, I knew I had to grow myself. I had to grow myself. I had to figure out what I was deficient uh-huh. in. Mm-hmm. And then be willing to say, well, if I'm not great at doing videos and I can't rely on a videographer or these ridiculous rates that they're trying to charge for a quality of work that does not meet my criteria, yeah. I'm going to do it my damn self. I'm going to find the tools myself because I know the product that I want. And I end up developing myself unknowingly. But in the in that, it's just figuring out what exactly do people in Oklahoma City one, because Oklahoma City is not Dallas, it's not St. Louis, it's not Houston, it's not L.A. and Atlanta, it's not other places, it's Oklahoma City. What do they want? And feed people what they want, not what I think they need. That's good. That's really good. Because I think a lot of the times we come into, you know, we see people come in from wherever they came from (laughs) and try and transform 
you know, their place, the new place into where they came from. But there's already a, there's a tone, you know, so finding that balance is, is that's a good point. That's a really good point. Knowing yep. your target, knowing your tribe. Yeah. Yep. Very good. <clears throat> exactly. And it's been, I mean, it's been really a great journey. And in, in that, I've actually, and people that I've, I've met along the way have taught me a lot of lessons have taught me about something that I wanted to grow. I mean, I have a um, a business background. I have an MBA. I mean, for, you know, people looking at that, it sounds great. Oh, you're smart. You got an MBA. But, man, I'm not mm-hmm. an accountant. I don't do <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm, I, you have a marketing brain, but I'm not a graphic designer. So I have to attach myself to people that are helping. And, I, and I'll use, um, I'll, I'll do a plug for someone uh, here. So I, I have a camera. I have a Canon. I ended up meeting PJ. Um, photos by um, R. Tolar. Rudolph, as we uh, call him, but affectionately PJ. PJ. Shot Town? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I was trying to figure out how to use my camera. I thought I needed to buy another camera. But because he wanted to master his own craft, he taught me something about my own camera. This eight-year-old camera that I thought I needed to upgrade it and spend fifteen hundred dollars on a new one and lenses plus all that other stuff, but yeah. I didn't. He taught me this is what aperture means. This is what you know. This is ISO. This is what it means to the quality of your photo. And as I started practicing it and asking him and him helping me uh, learn something, I realized I kind of have my own look, which created a brand for. OKC Black Keith, and honestly, at that time, I didn't really know what my brand was going to be. But in that discovery, I figured out. I think this is my look. I think I think this is. Well, it seems to be working because the analytics say people are responding to it. I'm getting these phone calls. Guess what? I think I might have found a brand that I may have not found if I didn't connect and work with other people to help me. Major. That's major. Hmm. Collaboration. Yes. Yeah. 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 Value there. Kelly, you have a question? Yeah. I have a question. So, um, in the beginning, you mentioned Oklahoma City felt like they needed that next. Can you just expand on that? Because I think when people think of a think of networking. They just think of going and meeting people. But can you give some insight on how to make the network mean something? Or how to make it? You know, know, it's, uh, you know, networking is something that you have to, you have to really get out of what's comfortable for you. And I think we look at, in the beginning, when I was network, when I first started off doing this, I was collecting everybody's cards. I'd go somewhere, I'd walk away. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get 30 cars. I network. But of those 30 cars, they probably couldn't do much for me. Yeah. Or I wasn't a match for them. I was collecting cars. And then as I got a chance to, you know, meet other people and see how they were doing it, whether scheduling a coffee, and I asked one of my mentors, I said, why do you schedule coffee? He said, because if you schedule a coffee, it's like they got 30 minutes. I can get up. It's, it's quick, as quick as I want to because I got 30 minutes. It's coffee. When my coffee is done, the meeting is done. If it's not done, we're doing business or something. And I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as I continued on with figuring out 
what really networking is. And I don't think really networking is connecting to people. Mm-hmm. But I had to figure out what it is that I brought to the table. That it is not going to make any sense for me to go out and network with people or try to when I don't know what the hell I bring to the table. I'm not confident in what I can say I can do this for you. And ultimately, connecting with people is serving them. If mm-hmm. let me let me give you something that benefits you, let me sow into you because what I'm going to reap, you're going to give that back to me, whether we do business together or you open the door for me. And that's what networking truly is, in my opinion, and they, they tie that to work for me. It's hey, I'm, I'm here because I'm I know I have something valuable to offer. I bring something to the table, whether it's the table and the chairs and the china, but I'm bringing mm-hmm. something to the table. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna need something that I have. I'm gonna figure it out. But and then from there, you just connect with people, people to people. I think that's something that gets easily confused when people hear networking, too. They think that there's going to be an immediate, I'm going to leave with something. And a lot of the times, all that you leave with is that introduction and knowing what that other person does. And later on down the line, you discover the value that you can provide to other people. Um, I think Asa Asa is one of those people that kind of opened my eyes to that. You know, as far as you, especially with small businesses and new businesses, we think we have to attach ourselves to every opportunity, everything, because that could be our shot, you know. And sometimes you have to realize, is there, you know, you have to ask yourself, is there value in this for me? Do I add value to this situation? Because you can burn your business just as fast as you can build it if you choose the wrong opportunity. So that was, that's good, you know. What do you knowing what you bring is good. Very true. Yep, very true. I think I think what you is, is very important too is also realizing what relationships are not ones that you need to enter because there are some yeah. people not not even that like we don't need to do business together because a I don't like we just don't need to do business together we can have we can be cordial but yeah I don't need to do business with you and I think understanding that is just as important as as knowing who you should or you know who you should do business with. You, I mean, that's that's a great point. That is so. This has been on this has been on my brain, <laughs> on my heart, and my spirit for the last couple of days of of being comfortable with. So now, now I'm comfortable with the walk away. Um, yeah. Now I, I know that um, in corporate America, you have to do what it takes to get the deal, and don't let y'all not hit get your number. And no, what we need to get this deal. It's a bad deal. I mean, it's a bad deal, but y'all want the contract. Now I know, I know exactly who I want to meet with. I know um, who I won't deal with, and I can say it how I want to say it because it's mine. Yeah. So if I don't want to do business with you, the simple answer is no, and I I don't have to explain it. It's just no. <laughs> that's it, right? Because yeah. um, it might not, it just might not be a good fit. Whether our ethics don't match up, our principles don't match up. Um, I've seen you do some slimy deals, but you didn't know I was looking. You know, or, or it just, it's just not a good fit. So knowing your no and knowing your yes, clearly knowing your no and clearly knowing your yes, I'm going to help you avoid a lot of bull crap. Yeah. Very true. Yep, and, yeah. and in the process, we don't have to. I don't have to. My thing is, I don't have to tear you down. I just don't have to do business with you. 
It really does not. It does not have to be a negative thing to say no Correct. to business. Correct. It's just a no. It's a okay. Don't take it so personal. If it really is business, you can walk away from it saying, you know what? Cool. We didn't do business together. And I had this experience before where we didn't do business together, but they ended up in a in a they were ended up in association with somebody that I needed. Mm-hmm. And because they were we we ended pleasant, it just didn't work out. I ended up getting the introduction to somebody else on the, on in a, on another type of door that helped me out. That was mm-hmm. huge for me at that time. Yep, how you do it. <clears throat> so I have another question. Um, we know you you expounded on the OKC Black Eat. So have you thought about? Taking that same concept and moving it to other realms of, you know, small business or black-owned businesses, uh, like retail or uh, landscape. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Have you thought about expanding it to things other than food? Um, that, that's a really good question. Um, I I would say no, but only because. I'm taking this as, um, so what is God showing me what land I should be in? Mm. But the reality is I've had several meetings with people that are not in um, restaurant hospitality business that I've had several conversations where I've basically shared, you know, how I consult with small businesses or what I learned in corporate America and help them. So it's, it's not that I'm not intentionally saying, um, I don't work with other type of business owners or entrepreneurs. It's just that the focus of us is is the black hospitality space. Mm-hmm. But if someone that owns a retail space or they, you know, need help with, I'm actually meeting with somebody tomorrow. I'm helping them with their marketing plan for their tax business. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. what I'm learning or what I'm um, teaching small businesses is transferable to any other type of business. So I haven't really given much thought on will I declare or write here is a service that's also available to other businesses. I mean, if someone asks me, then if I'm available, I'll make myself available um, to help. Okay. All right. That's really good. So, Apollo, um, Next steps. I mean, where where do you see what what are your what's your 2019 2020 goals for OKC Black Eats for yourself? How do you build, How do you see yourself um, building a big, bigger business? You know, this year um, some of the goals that we have for 2019 is 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 to is to Change how people look at the the black buyer, the black consumer in the restaurant space. Um, so I, when I try to do the videos and do the recaps as fast as I do, it's because I want people to see. Yes, there was a restaurant full of of um, a black customers having a great time. Um, so um, to the majority of America, it's well, you see that this vibe and energy is not happening in your restaurant. You can have the same energy too, 
if you start thinking about us as an actual customer. Yeah. The reality is they're not looking at um, the, the black food go or the black foodie as a customer in Oklahoma City. Um, mm-hmm. So their restaurants mm-hmm. are empty. So my goal is is to make sure that when you look at black restaurants, it's like, dang, like how are they getting all this attention? Because we know food. We love food. Food is our culture. It's what we do. You can't replicate this. So then come to us and ask, how can we then start bridging the gap? So um, that is one thing I want people to realize that when you're building your business and your brand as a majority and majority culture, that you need to be thinking about how do I get the the, the black population in Oklahoma City to come to my restaurant too? Because we don't go. We're not we. Some of us just don't go and branch out to some of these great new restaurants and things that Oklahoma City has to offer. Um, prime example, I'll do this plug. Um, and so I'm sure I'm sure somebody on the line knows this, where one of the, one of the chefs at Niebuhr was black. Mm-hmm. In the Devon Tower. Yep. So knowing that, hey, well, there's a black chef at there. Let me go because I didn't know that chef was black. Mm-hmm. Or let me go to Osteria on uh, Western. Well, did you know mm-hmm. that that chef was black too? Nope. Go support it because, if anything, because that chef is black. So that's the level of awareness for 19. For 2020, 2020 is um. Something I, I'm I'm not I'm 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 working on it and then I'll be I'll be announcing that at some point of what that looks like but yeah it's it's ultimately coming down to really economic growth and development for the east side building businesses real estate bigger than food generating income that impact on lowering crime rate uh, increasing amount of pride and all the amazing Black history that we have in Oklahoma. 2020 is going to be one of the years, like, somebody to put me on Black Enterprise magazine. I need to be at Essence or something. We're going to speak that. Speak that. Yep. <laughs> right. The way you're up. moving and taking, I see it. I, not only are we speaking it, I can absolutely see it happening. So, yeah, let's, let's keep that same energy, Apollo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. All right. <laughs> so I've got your OKC Black Keith, uh Facebook group already ready to go ahead and tag for how the people can get connected with you and keep up with where you are going. Um, but how else okay. can or how else would you prefer um, those wanting to follow you and get involved in your movement? How would you like for them to follow you? What way? You know what? Um, the easiest way is you can find me on OKC Black Eats, all one word, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is the easiest way to follow what I got going on. I, I try to be consistent with with um, the posts, but sometimes I see some funny things and I just put them, throw them in there. <laughs> yeah, but but OKC Black Eats on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is the easiest way to find me because I I do post something every day. And all right, thank all you right, so man. much for hanging out with us tonight and dropping these jewels with us. Um, we will have you back because, as we've already discussed, 2020 uh, is going to be huge for you. 2019, 2020 is going to be huge. So we will always have a space here for you. What was that, Kev? 
about to have me doing too much. You talking about you. here with that Dutch girl? And that good Jerry. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I am oh, here for a good dusty wine. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, family. Well, no better way to go ahead and put a pin in this here show than to bring back our favorite Mother Maybelline. We have not yet heard from her for the 2019, and she is going to set us right before we go and get into February and forget what we're doing. So tonight's topic, we are talking about 2019, New Year, same you. Don't get brand new, y'all. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> so I am here, got my pen and paper ready, taking my notes. Mother Maybelline, how are you, sugar? How was your new year, your holiday? What's going on with you? How are you doing, baby? Happy New Year. How are y'all doing? I'm good, 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 good. Well, now you know me. I got the phone all in the ceiling. I'm hitting this invite button now on this on this Facebook Live. I didn't think I'd have to harass everybody every time I do one. I send it to everybody: my frenemies, my my enemies, my loved ones, my lurkers. I mean, they're gonna come on here one day. <laughs> it is it is 2019, y'all. I ain't seen y'all since last year. <laughs> And y'all, and y'all sound like y'all doing good. Q, I always appreciate you introducing me. Now, look here. Let me put this down so I can quit being distracted. I didn't hit about a thousand invites, and I'm dizzy, y'all. Hey, yeah. everybody that's here on the live. And my wig on right, y'all. I'm gonna get some new hair for 2019. And we're gonna take a We're gonna take up our. a good idea, Q. I'm gonna give me a cash app, and we're gonna take up an offering, so I can. I want to be able to be the lock lady. Y'all think be the lock lady can do some dreadlocks in this for me now? Yeah. My great great grandson went through it a day. I'm gonna have masks up for me. Can she put some dreadlocks? Somebody tag the B and ask her, can she dread this up for me right here? Yeah. And Q gonna take up the offering. I'm waiting. She gonna. She's going to post it in the scoop tomorrow now. Y'all get your money ready for your cash in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Girl, listen, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I sure appreciate you. I thought I would start the new year off with a little bit of red, y'all. That's a power color. Look at that. Mm. This is this is some uh, just some costume jewelry. You know, Winfred, if you over there winking, I hope you ain't flirting now. We done already talked about it. Tonight's show now. I don't do anything too hard. I don't know problems. I don't know problems. <laughs> honey. Winfred know what an older woman say. He already know, honey. He know that meal going to be cooked right, honey. <laughs> That's how you get don't in trouble. Don't incriminate yourself, Bishop. Don't incriminate yourself, sister. I don't want you to say nothing to me on this newscast. And then we got you across the Facebook, because I can't take your face on the news feed all day like they've been doing these other folks. Don't say <laughs> nothing back to me. I don't want nobody to misunderstand. <laughs> that's a, that's now, a woman. Yeah, it is. You said you, said you wasn't going to use that last name, Johnson. Mother Johnson might get jealous, honey, and try to start some problems, wherever she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't need no problems. Yeah. 
Kels, how you doing, girl? Come out, Curvy Kitty, for real, because them curls is just swirling over there, girl. You got color on it and everything. What you got going I'm, on, girl? I'm being curvy from the rooter to the cooter. You know I got to keep an eye on you, girl. You doing your thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to see what's going on. Listen, I am so glad to be on the Scoop Radio Show now. Now y'all ignore me. I'm an old lady. My head is itching. Normally by now this wig would be hanging on something, but I put it on for y'all. You know, Winfrey don't do his show early. I got to stay up late. I'm an old lady now, but I'm trying to get it together. So y'all bear with me. Now listen. Y'all know the Scoop Radio Show airs every Tuesday night, and in 2019, you can catch Mother Maybelline on the first and third Tuesdays from 9.35 to 9.50 p.m. Come on in here and get you some love. I see some faces on here I ain't never even seen, baby, so let me just go on and tell you before we get started. If you get offended, I don't care, okay? All right, that covers it. Let's move on. All right, now, we talking about... In 2019, the topic tonight is 2019, New Year, same you. Hmm. 2019, go on and share and invite your friends, honey. Invite your friends who answer machines that thank you for calling uh, calling me. If I don't return your call, it's because some things have changed in the new year and it's you. Tag your friends as saying that. Tag your friends as talking about honey. Come the 1st of January, I'm going to be somebody totally different, honey. New Year, same you, y'all. Now, listen, what we're going to talk about is is how to avoid not reaching your goals in 2019. I'm going to give you five steps on that, how you can avoid that. Because some of y'all are fooling yourself if you think you got the same old habits and all of a sudden, because it's January the 1st, you're going to be somebody different. Baby, I got bad news for you. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, at the core, you're the same person that you was at 11.59, December 31st, at 12 a.m. on January the 1st. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that we get so caught up. Let me tell you what I hate about social media. Y'all is saying and doing anything just because you see. Don't let somebody get a good hashtag. You use it every day and don't even know what you're saying. That's kind of like that living my best life. New year, new me, baby, ain't nothing new about you. You live in that same old dirty house, you won't clean up and make kids clean up. That same raggedy car, you refuse to get a oil change in, honey. You go into that same job that you won't even respect it enough to come on time. It ain't changed because the date changed. I don't want to burst no bubbles, and I don't want to hurt no feelings. Because some of y'all probably did good till about January the 4th. But quit talking about new you, new year. Baby, it's new year and the same you. But I can tell you how the same you can improve a little bit and maybe accomplish some goals in 2019. So the first thing that we want to do to make sure we can accomplish these goals so maybe you really can be a new you. See, tell me if you're new around November or December. Don't tell me if you're new in January. It's still too fresh. Let's get some consistency behind it, and then we'll find out if it's a new you, okay? Now, the first thing that you got to do to make sure that you – Accomplish your goals in 2019. And I want you to really, really take this as the most important step of all the five I'm going to give you. Okay, baby? What I want you to do so you can make your goals in 2019 is expose all the lies that you're telling yourself for comfort. Did y'all get that? I -hmm. want you to expose all of the lies that you're telling yourself for comfort. 
Now, what do I mean by that? Let me give you some examples. Starting off with those sentences like, well, I'm getting ready to start so-and-so, so-and-so, and and you don't do a thing to make it happen. I'm planning on doing, baby, you say it for seven, eight months, and you ain't did the first step to get it accomplished. You know what I need to start doing? No, what you need to start doing, baby, is stop lying to yourself. Expose the lies that you're telling yourself for comfort because you can't accomplish any goal if you're not real with yourself, right? So let's get to moving. Let's do what that, what that saying, talk less? That's another problem with social media. You know, some of y'all vomiting at the mouth. To look good to other folks, and you, and you you believe in your life, okay? And I'm talking about this can be for a weight loss goal, a financial goal, a relationship goal. This can be for a business goal. You got to be real with yourself about your limitations. You know, quit telling yourself I'm good at this, and, and you really know you're not. You know what I'm saying? Expose the lies that you tell yourself, because quite often you're not making your goal because you got yourself so pumped up because you want to believe Everything about you, uh, what's that song by Outcast? Acting like your aunt don't say. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. See, sometimes you want to fool yourself, like, oh, yeah, honey, I'm great. Just because you posted don't mean it's real. And remember, we know you're in real life. Now, let's go to number two, okay? Number two. Uh, oh, let me tell you the other lie we tell ourselves. And this ain't a bad thing to say. I'm not where I where I want where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. See, sometimes you abuse in that phrase because what you are, you're not a work in progress. You're a work in lazy. You're a work in complacency. A late a work in negativity. Okay, so stop telling yourself sometimes that I'm not where I used to be. Well, you've been saying that for five years, baby. We're waiting on the new part to come out. Okay, step two. <laughs> Create a plan where you can use your strength simultaneously as you improve your weaknesses. Y'all ever think about that? See, we make plans, create a plan where you can utilize your strength and you can also increase your weaknesses. See, so often we center everything around our strength. And it's real good in the beginning. I don't care what it is that you're doing. But as you start to get to that next level and you start to grow in whatever your goal might be, once you have focused so much on the strength, sometimes then weaknesses start seeping out. And the reason I say that is we focus so much on our strong point that we forget those weaknesses are still there. And they show up in an hour that's most inconvenient, and it affects your productivity, okay? If you ignore the weeds, y'all, you're going to destroy your whole garden. You understand what I'm saying? If you ignore the weeds, you're going to destroy your whole garden. You know Again, I hate to keep going back to social media. Well, you know, Trump and social media. I blame Trump, too. But social media for right now, okay? Social media, what it's doing to you is it's got you uh, caught up in la-la land and these filters and angles, and it's got you thinking that, oh, oh, I'm just fabulous, which is great. I want you to love yourself. But you can't accomplish your goals if you don't know where your shortcomings are. You can't put a filter on your shortcomings, honey. You can't put a filter on if you're a procrastinator and you're trying to get something done. You can't put a filter on if you're lacking discipline because you're going to see that. There is no color, no, 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 no app you can download to correct that. You've got to actually do the work. So when you're making your goals, make sure 
I'm utilizing my strength, but let me also figure out maybe if I do this, this will help me work in some areas of weakness in my life at the same time. So then weeds won't pop up when your garden is growing. Y'all with me? Step three, to make sure you can accomplish your goals in 2019, understand that you are interdependent. I'm saying enter like I-N-T-E-R, like enter the dragon with Bruce Lee. Enter. Well, not quite that one. That's spelled differently, but you know what I'm talking about. Interdependent. <laughs> so often we want to talk about we are independent. There's a whole young man uh, made a terrible rap song that some of y'all just kept rocking, spelled out the whole word independent, honey. Ladies was bobbing their head and everything. She got mm-hmm. her own house and her own car and all that. But it ain't really hers, y'all. I got bad news. See, the bank is financing it. You understand what I'm saying? So she's not really independent. She's interdependent. Are y'all with me? Huh? So what I'm saying about that is when you're trying to accomplish a goal, it's better for you to go ahead and realize all that talk about I don't need nobody, honey. Some of y'all say, I don't need nobody but me and Jesus. No, that's not true. Okay? We all need each other. You can't be an expert in everything. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all tell me if you've ever seen, uh, anybody ever did any puzzles? You know, when I was young, they was popular. I don't know now. Y'all know what a puzzle is, don't you? I don't mean mm-hmm. to ask no crazy question. This is a new generation. Do, do y'all still know what a puzzle is? You know, the little box and you throw it all out. Do y'all know? Radio show hosts, y'all know what a puzzle is? Yeah. 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 Anybody yeah. on the live said nothing, child. They don't know. Y'all tell me if you've ever seen a puzzle, any puzzle piece. I don't care what kind of puzzle you pick or how many pieces in the box. Tell me when you've ever seen any puzzle piece not have to attach to at least one other piece. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Right. You're not going to see it either because you got to have another piece for the puzzle to fit. So as soon as you realize you are sometimes dependent on other people to accomplish whatever your goal is. Now, I don't care. Let's say the goal is weight loss. Baby, I'm doing this on my own. I don't need no accountability party. Well, you're not really doing it on your own because the groceries you bought from Sprout, see, somebody else delivered them and got them to you. I mean, I know it seems kind of elementary, but I'm trying to break it down for you. Uh, That fitness gym that you went to, that was somebody else's treadmill you was on. You just pay a membership every month. See, you can't do nothing without a connection to something else that's not ran by you, that's not ordered by you. So you got to realize the importance of interdependence. Because if you don't and you're walking around too independent, well, you're you going to be just that, standing by your lonesome without a support system. Mm-hmm. You need a support system. You've got to have some sort of, I don't care if it's just somebody that you can get on that messenger and do a video chat and look at each other crazy while you go bid for a little bit. You need to know that you're interdependent on somebody else. Last two, y'all, so we can wrap up, okay? The fourth step is keep it pushing, just bottom line. Keep it pushing. I don't care what comes your way. I don't care who talk about you and who laugh at you. And if you're too sensitive, stop posting your business and then get mad when folks give you input. Because some of y'all regurgitate everything. You feel like every seven minutes you got to tell us something. I don't know why, but you do. And then you get offended when people start to say something or get on and make commentary against it. Keep it pushing. You know, stop inviting uh, negative energies in. And, when, and you can't avoid troubles, y'all. I don't care. Even if you're as wonderful as Mother Maybelline, y'all catch that. <laughs> you can't avoid problems in your life. Because sometimes problems come from outside sources. You may not even be the source of the problem. But guess what you got to do? You got to keep it pushing. Okay? I don't care if the kids got you distracted, if your family, your relationship, your job, you got to keep it pushing. Whatever that goal is, you got to stay focused on that goal 
focus on being focused. That's the bottom line. Focus hmm. in, raise a sharp focus, focus in on it like you do them reality TV shows on your TiVo when you're watching for three days in a row. Focus on your goal like that. That's all I'm saying, okay? Then the last step, be sure you have the right motive for accomplishing your goal. Because sometimes if our motive is not correct, that's why you're not bearing good fruit, baby. Okay? You're not bearing good fruit because if your motive is just to be seen, because you just want to be popular, even if your motive is just because you want to be rich, we all want money, but that ain't really a good motive. You know, that's a good benefit. But what's your real motive? Where's your heart at with it? Why do you really want to do it? Because that's going to determine whether or not you're truly committed and disciplined to it. And your motive absolutely matters. If I'm only worrying about losing weight for vanity purposes and not my health, well, I might go the wrong way about doing it. I might start eating and making myself throw up and become bulimic or something. I'm more concerned about his looking right than I am the health. Y'all see where I'm coming from? So just mm-hmm. remember that in 2022. New year, new you. It's too early to tell if it's a new you. Stop telling the lie, baby. It's a new year saving you right now. We're going to look down the line and find out if it's a new you. If you want it to be a new you and you want to accomplish your goals, and repeat it for you. Number one, expose the lies that you're telling yourself to comfort yourself. Keep it real with yourself, okay? Number two, create a plan of using your strengths, but also helping you to improve your weaknesses. Number three, understand you are interdependent. You need somebody else, sugar, okay? Number four, keep it pushing no matter what. And number five, make sure you got the right motive so you ain't stinking up the place. This is Maybelline, y'all. You know I love y'all. I want to see you doing good things, okay? Two things I'm tired of talking about, R. Kelly and New Year, New You. I hope I eliminated New Year, New You, because you ain't new yet, baby. It's only January the 15th. All right. That's all I got. That's all, right. all I got, y'all. I'm with you. I'm tired of talking about them, too. I ain't yeah, that's right. I know that's You know, I had somebody tell me New Year, New You, and they still owe me some money. They ain't paid me yet. They ain't too brand new. Let me quit before I start cussing on you, sir. Ooh. <laughs>
Cool, cool. All right. Q? I, um, actually, well, I'm again going to invite you all out on next Saturday to hang out for uh, the Women's Empowerment Conference. Um, you can come and get your elegance by design products as well as hang out with some really awesome women. Um, at this conference, I will be debuting like you can go home with it in your physical hand <laughs> our cocoa mango twist cream. Um, that is a maze balls if you've been locking my twist outs and things like that. It has been with that product, so you can come and get your thumb. Uh, and Rose Pike on next week. Have a great week, y'all. Have a really, really, really great week. <laughs> See y'all next week. That's what's up. All right. Um, we're on Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, so Pastor Burns will be back on uh, continuing with um, the crisis in Corinth. So y'all yeah, in at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time for that. Um, and of course, if you have not, I can't believe I almost forgot this earlier. If you have not registered for the Level Up Conference um, mm-hmm. and you are missing out, you need to go ahead. Again, we're going to have limited number of spaces, so when it's done, it is done. Again, we're talking about and going to give you the tools, the training, the tips to level up in the areas of your faith, your family, and your finance. So um, if you are uh, single, if you're married, if you're divorced, we have something for you. Um, If you are a community um, leader, we have something for you. If you are trying to start a business or you're trying to grow a business, we have something for you. If you're trying to grow your nonprofit, you're trying to grow your church, whatever you're trying to do, we have something for you. So be one of the 300 people who register for the Level Up Conference at www.levelupchicago.com and join us in Chicago August 9th, 10th, and 11th for our conference. I look forward to hosting you. Um, And then, also, last but definitely not least, if you are an artist, you would like your music played debuted on our show, then send us the radio edited version to globaldriveradio at gmail.com and we will um, play it for you. So definitely get with us so we can continue to support uh, your um, your music. And all genres are welcome. So other than that, I don't think Kel's Q. I appreciate <laughs> you do, Scoop Nation. Appreciate y'all for what you do, as always. Um, we've got uh, our mother, Abilene. Appreciate you for what, for tonight, those were some, some, that was some gems that you dropped. And I hope everybody took, I hope everybody took notes. If not, they're on my page. Uh, if you are not part of the Scoop Nation, y'all, you can definitely look us up on Facebook. Uh, we are a growing group. Uh, we are um, a fun group. We definitely have some challenging uh, discussions, but our goal is to uh, change a generation by raising the conversation. So we want to learn how to live together, how to love together, how to grow together um, so that we can uh, continue to be the great people that we are. So good good show tonight. Uh, tonight, t- Next week, we've got another good show uh, coming up, so you want to be there. Uh, we're going to be joined by our uh, one of our favorites, Miss Shanita Hurt, and we're going to be talking about how I can love you better. So that's going to be good. Um, if you've heard Shanita before, you know she's uh, she's always brings us some good stuff. So tune in next um, next Tuesday as well. So all right. 
Um, I hope you guys have a good week um, because I know I am. So, <laughs> so thank y'all for tuning in for another great show. Of course, if you see us on social media, make sure you share posts. Make sure you share the show. Uh, if you are the iPhone, uh, make sure you go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, download, share, comment. Everything we want to hear from you. Uh, you can also find us and on uh, Facebook under the Radio Show. See you all later next week. Thank you to Apollo. Oh, I almost forgot. Thank you, Apollo, for coming on tonight. As always, awesome, um, awesome show. That's what we expect from the Alpha Man. So uh, I will talk to y'all later. Happy night. And again, happy uh, anniversary. Happy Founders Day. Excuse to the ladies of Alpha Captain. And tomorrow to the ladies of Beta Five Babies. So have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.